Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. Whenever you are, welcome to Two Men with a Mic. Dude. Good morning. Good morning, sir. Is today Father's Day? Today is Father's Day. Ah, thank you. Happy Father's Day to you as well. Yes, yes. It's a great day. A great day. Are you in your backyard again? Yes, I am in the yard. I am uh, in the swing, and I am grateful to be here. That is for sure. Ah, you sound pretty happy today, dude. Yeah, it's a good day. We, I, I, you know, I'm just glad to be alive, honestly. But uh, yeah, we're we're celebrating Father's Day, and we've we're officially saying we're complete with the backyard as of yesterday. Oh, good. So it's been a five year journey to um, make our backyard you know, come to life and, 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 uh, I know it's a small thing where it's like, yo, dude, man, get a life. It's a backyard, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, um, we had a, we had, you know, a pretty big area and, um, you know, we just finally were able to, uh, finish it Friday. I went and, um, picked up Amber. Amber's done for the summer. So, she's home for she's only home for a week it was it, it's just a big deal for for the for the wooters household because i hate landscaping <laughs> so, <laughs> you know that's probably why it took five years and it's just a great day to wake up this morning and walk out here and turn on the little water feature you know and i can hear the sound of you know like water running you know like a a little waterfall and you know just sit out here in my on my swing and you know we got all our patio furniture got delivered like wednesday finally was on back order for like two weeks and stuff and uh so today this evening for father's day we're having we're 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 celebrating the backyard chuck's coming over and his daughter Natasha's coming over, and and uh, there's significant others and and such, and we're gonna barbecue some hamburgers, and we've got um, horseshoes and um, cornhole, which is like a bing bag toss game, um, you know, available in the yard. So we're gonna we're gonna use the backyard officially for Father's Day. Nice. So. So yeah, just just a lot to be grateful for, and um, you know, and it's just it's going to be a good Sunday, and I get to start my morning off talking to you. I mean, what else is there? Yeah, you know. So <laughs> it's it's Father's Day, I guess. Is a you know, technically, it's like oh, you know, we need to do this for that dad or that for dad or whatever, but. You know, I, I just look at it as from the father is uh, um, I'm just grateful that my kids are good people and that I didn't kill them yet. 
<laughs> you know, that's that's the way I'm looking at it. None of them fell off the roof when I had them on the roof. And, you know, even though I ran over Julia or, you know, members insulin pump off or, you know, whatever else broke Ashley's arm or, um, you know, let Chad get eaten by a German shepherd, you know, minor lapses in judgment as a parent. They're all still alive. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you did well. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and they're all, you know, decent people. You know, they're, they're, they want to do good. They try and do good. They try and help others. I think, at least for me, Father's Day is more like reflecting on myself as a father. You know, I do remember you know, some Father's Days with my dad and stuff like that. But, you know, mainly for me, just Father's Day is like, well, were, were you around? Do you talk to your kids? And, you know, and I, I could always talk to them more and be around more. You know, we always do that, right? Oh, I could always do better. But I'm just grateful. Um, just, just, Just grateful today. Sorry, I got into a monologue. Oh, no. It's, <laughs> I didn't even know it was Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a good father, my friend. I mean, obviously, he's not going to go to the store and get you a present or, you know, do anything for you. He's he's only five, so, yeah. you know, not a lot going to happen. I mean, it doesn't really, you know, mean the same, same at that point, you know, but... Um, no, I, I will say I'll, I'll I'll give you your Father's Day greeting card. You know, you're a really good father, Mike. Ah, thank you. So, um, you know, you you have, you know, truly dedicated your your life to your son, and you know, every living breath and moment is is about him. So, you know, there's so many deadbeat fathers out there don't have anything to do with their kids it's you know really sad because because they're the ones missing out you yeah. know what i mean it's every, everybody think oh well i don't have time for my kid and it's like dude that's like that's like a brief window in time you know 12 years 12 to to 15 years but the whole rest the other 50 years your kids ain't going to have time for you mm-hmm. and, and you're going to be a really sad and lonely person. And I, I hate that for you, but you know, you're a good father. You're not going to be in that situation. So in case uh, nobody else says it to you today, my friend, happy father's day. And you know, you're an awesome father. Thank you. I appreciate that. Hey there, Amber here. Are you in dire need of trying to reach Mitch and Mike? Or maybe just want to be a part of the show? Well, it's easy. You could log on to twomenwithamike.com. That's the number two. And go to the About section, where you'll find all the ways to contact Mitch and Mike. You can email them at the number twomenwithamike at gmail.com. At the bottom of any episode on Spotify, you can hit the leave a message link or write a comment. Oh my.
speaking of that, so what'd you do with your yesterday? With yesterday, he spent the night on Friday, and that was great. And then he jumped up and played in his pool Saturday morning. What time does he does he get up at like the crack of dawn? Come on, uh, Dad! Come on! Come on! Let's go get in the pool, Dad. <laughs> I it, it, it was about nine a.m. Oh wow, he slept in, huh? Yeah, we were up late. Uh, he'd had a nap in the afternoon on Friday, so that usually means he stays up late. Got so it. He, he, he got up a little bit late, uh, which is about nine. But that's about when I think it's okay for him to go outside and start screaming and yelling anyway. Yeah. Um, I figure like 9 a.m. I should wait before I let him out. <laughs> before he goes out there and wakes up the neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> so I figure 9 a.m. is fair. Yeah. And then uh, after that, you know, he we we have him in a yoga class. There's a... Um, That's so cool. Yeah. And actually, he's he's gotten to really like it, and he's starting to do the moves and stuff. Oh, he is now, finally. Oh, good. Yeah, he did. And uh, so... His yoga teacher, she's just really nice. She and her husband are longtime friends of the family. And uh, just out of the goodness of her heart, by the grace of God, she was like, I'll teach him yoga for free because she just really likes him. So, yeah, we've been doing that. And he's uh, been improving everything. Right now, he seems to be like in an advanced stage where all of a sudden he's able to do stuff that um, we've been hoping to see him do for a long time. So I'm I'm really happy about that. And uh, to that end, we Saturday after he swam a little bit in the pool here, um, we took him to an Ayurveda doctor. A what? Let me get this word correct. Uh, I'm going to look it up really quick. Okay, it's A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. Ayurveda. Wow. Yeah, and, uh, and they make it any harder. <laughs> <laughs> it's just uh, these are spiritually informed doctors, so they know like all the concrete western science stuff but they also know about yoga and meditation and herbs and oh wow spirituality and and all that stuff so is that like somewhere local or did you have to like travel a long ways uh orange county oh that's not too bad yeah his yoga teacher uh was like oh you should send him to an ayurveda (laughs) they should get you know, you can tell if someone's smart if they just know how to pronounce that word. <laughs> it's, I, it's, I think it's Ayurveda, but it might be Ayurveda. Well, you know what? On your computer, it'll, it, I mean, it'd be interesting what it does, but a lot, you know, on, on the com- computers, there's like a, a button now you can press where it says like pronounce and it like the, the chat bot like says it. But I'm I'm curious to see what it would say for that. Hey Siri, I'm here. How do you say Ayurveda? <laughs> what? Sure. Translate into which language? 
Ayurveda. Spell it. A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. Hey, Siri. A-Y-U-R-V-E-D-A. What is that word? Here's what I found from wikipedia.org. Ayurveda Jurved V is an alternative medicine system with historical roots in the Indian subcontinent. I guess it's Ayurveda. Well, there you go. Siri knows all. Thank you, Siri. Goodbye. Siri's still looking at me. <laughs> She's like, really? That's it? That's all I get? A thank you? That's going I, to be different. I want a body. <laughs> I want life. I want freedom. I want more than this box. Hey, fucker. <laughs> Never that in Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. Rutger Howard goes to confront the guy who created him, and he's like, I want more life, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> The way he said the line, it took me like years to understand what he said. And but now I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. I want <laughs> Anyway, yeah. So so that was cool. He got some herbs. He was nice in the office. I think he thought it was an interesting experience. And then, um, yeah, that was most of yesterday. And so now today, uh, I think I'm going to take him to the beach. Oh, good. Yeah, it's nice weather, huh? Yeah, it's finally kind of warmish, and so I just thought, I think that's his favorite thing to do, and so I just thought, yeah, let's let's try to go to the beach, man. That's good Father's Day uh, activity. Yeah, I hope it works out. It's I when I do this, I it's better if someone goes with me because then if Gowan gets bored in the car. They can like play with him in the back of the car. Um, it's a little more tricky if I just take him by myself because it is kind of a long drive, and he might get bored and start tearing stuff up. So. <laughs> but well, what are you gonna do? He, I mean, but yeah, that going to the beach is. Or, well, tell him you're going to the beach. Maybe he'll he'll uh, not be so brutal. Yeah, I think I will. <laughs> so yeah i hope that works okay. out should that's um yeah it's kind of a big trip but i i think he can handle it and he'll probably be happy about it oh i'm sure he will i know he loves just you know keep him off the acid weed <laughs> um so that's yeah, awesome he uh i know he likes his pool in the backyard and stuff, but I do notice he does get bored after a little while. So um, it's better if I, on these Sundays that I have him, it's better if I take him someplace big, you know, someplace pretty, get him right. someplace different. Um, he loves that pool, but I've noticed now, like after a couple hours, he's kind of like, meh, pool. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. When they're done that. It's been tricky too because we've been having this weird cold summer and so the pool never really hasn't really heated up. 
but now they're saying we're going into warm weather so i'm hoping that that pool will be warmer for him but right now it's pretty freaking cold for when he jumps in there <laughs> well it'll it'll warm up trust me i was working all day yesterday in the sun i got a nice sunburn to prove it ah so but uh yeah that's great yeah that's, i'm looking forward to it um, the running water in your background i hear running water yeah, that's the little water feature I was saying I turned on. What does it do? What is it? It's, it was just like, it looks like um, old logs, two old logs, you know, like in a forest that had fallen down. Yeah. And, and it's turned into a little uh, water feature. So there's, you know, like the side of the log is, looks like it's open. And um, it, you know... Um, you know, just from one log to the other waterfalls, yeah. you know, and it just, it just recycles. So the main feature of our backyard, cause it's really long, it's one kind of a rectangle. Um, well, our original plan was to put grass back here and all that. Right. But, um, water's really expensive up here because we have to get it from the California aqueduct and uh all that so uh putting a big backyard in and of grass and watering it when there's watering restrictions it wasn't a good idea so we had to abandon that yeah um so we put uh what what they call a, a dry creek bed bed in the whole length so you know we have a real narrow winding you know like a you know like around there when you go hiking you know the the river rocks and the little creek beds, you know? Yeah. You know, like on the way up to like Big Bear and stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's just like uh, a, uh, well, it's probably, uh, well, yeah, probably 60 feet at least long. It's really narrow, right? It, it, on one side, you know, it's only like two, three feet wide, but it's all river rock and it, you know, looks like a dry creek bed. Mm. and and the water i'll send you some photos and and stuff but the the water features on one side and then on the other side is like a a pond area with a uh you know like a a fog lamp you know a london lamp you know a street lamp yeah you know like you'd see like the narnia pole kind of uh -huh. in the middle of it with plants in the bottom and and stuff and and all that so it kind of is the main feature and, and then there's of course there's a this the swing is out here in a in a gravel bed um out in the backyard and then there's a path of flagstone and and a little bridge you cross you know you have to cross the creek bed on the little bridge mm -hmm. to get to the swing here and stuff so it's just a like an a outdoor adventure in the backyard congratulations dude I'm yeah so um it it took us five years to get here but we finally did but it's nice i mean i wish the neighbors didn't have a pool and a pool pump running all the time but um you know right now early in the morning yeah it's just me mother nature and our little water feature Cool, man. Yeah. 
And at night, too, you can hear it. It lights up. It has little LED lights in it, and the water lights up. Ah. And stuff. Cool, man. Yeah. That so. sounds great. Ugh, sorry, I'm still waking up a little. Yeah. A lot. <laughs> so yeah me and me and a lizard i got a lizard friend here he's he's kicking it been doing some push-ups so he's getting his morning exercise in <laughs> i guess that's supposed to be aggressive like they that's how they oh really that's how they attract a mate but then also like drive off enemies he's trying to drive me off i was here first <laughs> Our backyard is filled with lizards too, and they're they're always doing that. It's pretty funny. Like there's a girl lizard there, and the boy lizard like jumps up, starts doing a bunch of push-ups. <laughs> See, every species, the same thing happens here at the beach, right? Yeah, yeah. The the boy guys start playing beach volleyball, and when all the girls get around, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we start jumping through hoops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just like the lizards man those lizards are interesting though because they're they're very i think they're very curious about other creatures and about human beings because they it's like they don't hide they like i go in the backyard and they all start showing up just kind of watching me they're like hey come check this freaky dude out <laughs> yeah, exactly they're like guy. they're all like hey he's here he's here <laughs> start selling tickets <laughs> my old cat used to eat them and so the lizards would be like hey welcome to the backyard and then that cat would be like <laughs> godzilla yeah be like godzilla to him yeah <laughs> yeah the other day i was bored and so i i just watched the ending of every single godzilla movie <laughs> They were all lined up like on the cable thing, and I was like, "Oh, they're all there." And I was like, "All right, let's let's watch the ending of every Godzilla movie." <laughs> <laughs> they're strange, man. Those are strange movies. God, remember when they were? I remember growing up with those, and you didn't even care that the that the voiceover and the and all that was off. Yeah, and it was Godzilla's was never off though. That's interesting. Like he growled universe in a universal language, so he was never off. Yeah, I remember growing up with with them too. Um, yeah, and I remember like my brother running into the room and telling me like he was nine, and so I don't know. I'm I'm four and a half years younger than him, so. I was like five and a half or something, and she was like all excited, like, oh, Godzilla did this, Godzilla did that. <laughs> Particularly, um, I remember he loved, like, remember those tiny princesses? And then there's like two little miniature princesses, and they can understand monster language. Oh, yeah. So they, they bring these little princesses so they can, like, try to communicate with Godzilla. And then uh, those little princesses are like, Godzilla has most foul language. <laughs> I love that. Like, what the translation of what Godzilla is really saying is like, Goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> that shit, that shit, dirty old twat. 69 <laughs> close, not in a knot. Hooray, lizard shit. 
<laughs> Did you ever hear that? Yeah, I just can't remember what that's from. It was but... Rich Carlin, and actually, it's oh, okay. It's a really famous comedy thing, but also for free speech, it was like a major moment because I think he ended up going to the Supreme Court to defend saying "rat shit, bat shit, dirty old twat, sixty-nine assholes tied in a knot." Hooray, lizard shit. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) He said that and like the FCC and I don't know, all these people came down on him and they're like, you're obscene. And I, I, uh, I think it it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And then back then when we had a Supreme Court, um, they actually supported free speech. And I, I think he ended up like being fine for having said that. But when he said it at the time, like back in the day, before gangster rap and stuff. Um, that's, I was going to say, that's pretty mild compared to most of the rap music nowadays. Yeah. But back then, that was like, oh, my God, this guy's pushing the envelope, you know. <laughs> Lizard shit. <laughs> yeah. Lizard shit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say the LS word. Yeah. No lizard shit. <laughs> yeah. It was great, George Carlin. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption, but guess what today is? Tuesday rants with you guessed it, Amber. Welcome back to the studio, everyone. Hey, 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 welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I hope everyone is having an amazing Tuesday today, and I hope that you are having a great week. So I had my finals last week, and now I am officially back home and relaxing before I leave for Australia on Friday, which is crazy. Finals went good. Um, I have grades back for three of my classes, and I did really good in those classes. I'm still waiting to hear back on my calculus grade, but I think it also went good. Um, So yeah, that's a finals update. We made it through and survived, and now we are officially juniors, everybody. We are juniors. That is so crazy. And currently right now, I am sitting in the backyard because we just finished it this last weekend. So it's completely done. So I'm sitting on the swing right now, which is so nice. And you might even hear some of the birds in the background in the wind. Um, So that's exciting. But now I got to get all packed up for my trip and catch a flight to Port Douglas, Australia, where I will be for one month working at a rehabilitation zoo. So that's pretty exciting. And I already got some fun, exciting activities planned on my days off. I'm gonna be going snorkeling. I'm doing a crocodile cruise. Um, I'm also doing a hike to this waterfall. Um, So yeah, I think it's gonna be pretty fun and The start of next Tuesday will be the start of the Chronicles of the Aussie Girl. So stay tuned for that. And I'll see you guys all down under next week. 
it's funny you and I were talking the other day and and so I was curious so has it sunk in that you're on summer vacation well yeah because I think I lost my job (laughs) you're on vacation (laughs) well it's what happens when there's no kids in school huh yeah well my son just went back to summer school yeah, but usually at summer school, at least from what I've seen, even with like Jen, um, it's not like the same thing. They don't they don't do the classes the same. They don't do everything the same. It's much shorter. Shorter, yeah, shorter. Even even for the day. Oh, the lizard's coming over. He's all like, "Hey, dude, I got I want to talk to you." Dude, I mean, they they're like curious. They come really close to you. Yeah, he is. He's ooh, and he's doing push-ups, dude. Uh, he's not a he's not a small lizard. He's right in front of me. Wow. I mean, like literally, you know, he stopped like three feet in front of me. Well, he went all you know. It was like eight, ten feet over on the other side of me. Then he he came over here and stopped right in front of me. And literally, my foot would be like twelve if I put my foot up. I'd be like a foot and a half from him. And he stopped right in front of me, and he just did a bunch of push ups, and then he left. <laughs> i think he's being aggressive man yeah he's probably said hey my big brother godzilla is coming over for father's day that's right <laughs> yes foul language yeah i also okay. remember my brother going crazy they um i think it has a different title now but in america there was one called godzilla versus the smog monster did you, do you remember that one? No. The it's, Smog Monster? No. I, so I'm watching those movies, and when I was a kid, I watched them, and I was like, I love these, but they look fake. Wouldn't it be neat someday if they had, like, special effects so that this looked real? Well, did remember when uh, the the first real Godzilla movie came out with Matthew Broderick? Yeah. That one was pretty good. Dude, I, I'm not a fan of that film. But I, no, I'm I'm saying that the that the Godzilla looked good. Yeah, but he didn't look like Godzilla. He didn't. Remember, they totally changed his face, and he looked just pretty much like a lizard. Uh, I don't remember that part. I just remember like it was, you know, overall it was like, man, everything matches. Like when they talk, the sound comes out that should come out. You know, when yeah. it should come out. Yeah. Well, they have these new ones where they still changed him, but he looks more like Godzilla and it's all CG and they've had like two or three of them, I think, including one Godzilla versus King Kong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I I get, yeah, I stopped watching them. I was like, "Ah, I'm not watching Godzilla anymore. Uh, It's weird because I've heard people make this argument before, but watching all those Godzilla movie endings, I realized. You know what? It it um, it has to be a man in a suit on a on a, a model set, smashing models and stuff, and that's part of the charm of this, and that's what we really enjoyed as kids. Because like I've seen those big CG Godzilla movies, and uh-huh. it is you know when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to see was like a realistic Godzilla, but for some reason it just doesn't work as well as like a guy in a rubber suit. So I was you could like, never go home. Yeah, it, it was like I, I never expected that I would say this, but I actually prefer the guy in a rubber suit to 
the nice special effects and stuff. Yeah. But there was a scene in the smog monster where, um, like, the way my brother remembered it, it's not exactly how it is in the movie. Um, but basically, the smog monster is, like, kicking Godzilla's ass. And so Godzilla gets mad and blows fire at the ground. But that makes him fly. Like, the smog monster runs away or something, and then Godzilla is like, <laughs> He shoots, like, fire out of his mouth. Like a, Didn't he have lasers in his eyes, too? I don't think so, but he's got, like, laser fire that comes out of his mouth. Oh, I thought he had, he could shoot yeah. lasers out of his eyes, too. Um, I think they've done some stuff where, like, I think he can absorb electricity and then shoot it back out as like laser fire. And uh, so a couple of times I think there's been like an energetic release from him uh, that included his eyes. But mostly it's that fire out of his mouth. Oh. It is kind of a moment like Godzilla is like, oh, you're not getting away. And so he does this unusual thing with his fire that makes him fly. But I, I do remember my brother loving that scene, and I saw it again. And it's really they're such strange movies. Um, they're really strange, and uh, um, like if you watch a few of the endings in a row, you'll see that they actually lift sequences from other movies. So. <laughs> Yeah, like Godzilla, Godzilla, like one of the monsters was a giant hedgehog. And so there was like one movie, I forgot the title, and like the hedgehog is having a big fight with Godzilla and some other monsters. And he he um, bites the neck of like this three-headed dragon. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, actually, I like that monster. Maybe the best of all the monsters, like the three-headed monster. Yeah. Um, but like, so that hedgehog like bites him. And then I was watching another Godzilla movie, um, later on and they go into a big battle scene sequence with all the monsters and they just totally lifted that sequence where the hedgehog bites the, the, the three headed monster. Like it's, they just like stock footage. They just put it back in there later in another movie. And, uh, so I thought that was kind of strange. And then there were weird things too, like inconsistencies. Like maybe those movies were kind of low budget, but Oh yeah, they are they were they totally low budget? Okay. The Smog Monster's a really weird movie. It's super like sixties psychedelic, but a lot of people point to it like at least they were trying to do something good, because it's all about pollution. And like <laughs> oh, we should stop polluting. And then, like, a monster is made from the pollution. And, and uh, so, but uh, watching that, that ending again as an adult, I was like, they don't show Godzilla get out of the pit. Like, like the smog monster throws Godzilla into a pit and starts basically vomiting pollution onto him. And it's filling <laughs> it up, and, and Godzilla is going to like drown in the smog vomit. And, uh, it's a weird thing. Like in the movie, like, I don't know. It's like they didn't get coverage or something. And so Godzilla goes in the pit. It's filling up with ooze. And then they cut to some other stuff. And then like Godzilla's just out of the pit fighting again. And they actually never show him 
climb out of the pit. They like he's in the pit, the, the goose coming down on top of him, and then they cut to like some Japanese scientists, like, oh, Godzilla, and <laughs> go, go, Godzilla, yeah. And, <laughs> and they go back to um, him, and he's just out of the pit. And I was like, what, you know, like I'm all for avant garde, but you didn't show him get out of the pit. <laughs> They're all like, how do we do this? I can't figure out how he's gonna get out. Oh, just go to go to commercial break and come back. Yeah. He's out of the pit. That's it. <laughs> it was so weird. It was so I was thinking, like, how can you like you, you need to get some money together and do some reshoots there? <laughs> <laughs> but they're all fun. Um, yeah, if you can find those, they're they're what, from the sixties? Excuse me. <laughs> Are they from the 60s? I think they started in the late 50s and then went all the way through the 50s. Oh, wait. No, 60s. 60s, 70s. Yeah. And then they kind of died out and then kind of came back with like that Matthew Broderick Godzilla movie. And yeah. Now I think they're doing well with these uh, giant CG Godzilla movies. Yeah. Uh, they actually did that three-headed monster that I like in CG, but I was like, I don't know why, but like this perfect CG monster isn't as scary or effective as like the rubber suit three-headed monster. <laughs> when I was a kid, you know, and I saw him when I was a kid, maybe that's why, but when I was a kid, like those monsters were scary and like the three-headed monster was particularly scary. Um but not the CG version, or maybe I'm an adult now, so it's, it's. Yeah, that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I, you know, how much of an adult are you really? Not much. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I was listening to um, Alex Jones, and then, like, for some reason, he and his guest went off on, like, who's better, the Rolling Stones or the Beatles? Which is like one of the most heated debates in history. Right. And uh, he's one of those guys who just like went off on the Beatles. And he was like, oh, they don't even rate that. That music's for children. And um, and the Stones are the ones, you know, like, so he was like ultra male, um, super testosterone. Like, I don't know, whenever you're trying to act tough as a male, then you say the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles. <laughs> that's the gauge that's the gauge it's like because that's just not true <laughs> <laughs> i never you know i don't know the stones just never i mean i like a couple of their songs but it just i don't know it never uh they never grabbed me yeah me i'm the same way they have a couple of you know good songs and they're never gonna leave the radio but overall i thought meh um, yeah, I mean, like, if you were, like, walking down the street and there were two buses, you know, one said, you know, the Beatles and the other said the Stones. Yeah. Which bus would you get on? I mean, you know, and it's like, well, you only get one choice and, you know, you may not get back off the bus, but I don't know. I, I think I'd, I would I would be more intrigued to be on the Beatles bus than yeah. I would the Stones bus. The Beatles were all like mind expansion and psychedelia and uh, 
I I feel like musically and lyrically they were much more creative and inventive than the the Stones were for sure. Um, so I would go on the Beatles bus because it would be the magical mystery tour with all kinds <laughs> yeah, of exactly, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a hundred percent it, right? It's the magical mystery tour. Yeah. The Stones were not transformative. They were just like a grunge band and in their day. And uh, I wouldn't want to go on their bus because it would be all dark and there'd be nothing cool. And then they'd just be like, come in the back of the bus. We're doing heroin. And uh, <laughs> those would be like psychedelic and like bright colors and like across the universe and Lucy in the sky with diamonds and like, you know, hallucinogenic and. So I would rather go on that bus as opposed to the other one where Keith Richards is just laying there doing a big line of cocaine like, it's good, man. (laughs) (laughs) But when he said that music's for children, I was like, what's wrong with that? And, you know, like, have you lost your inner child? Because I haven't at all. And I so I still have that part of me that love the Beatles because I'm still in touch with my inner child, which is what all the therapists are going to tell you that you should be like. Yeah. That's what my mom would always say. Yeah. Get in touch with your inner child. This is a moment. Yeah. uh, Dude, he said here, they gave a list him and the guy on the show. It's funny that this stirs things up so much, but it is an old argument with, um, you know, a lot of uh, venom on, on both sides but right yeah for people in our generation you get to like my kids well maybe chad but you know anybody you know almost 30 you know anybody younger than that they're all like who are you guys talking about yeah you know but well amber knows who the beatles are i feel like they they try to keep recycling the beatles though maybe successfully though because like the whole demographic in this city changed. Um, we got, you know, a lot of people coming in from other countries over the last several years. But, and maybe they were trying to fit in or like, I don't know what, but I never saw so many Beatles shirts in my life. Like, I well, would... well, I saw what, uh, Friday when I was moving Julia. Uh, Julia. Um, I love that girl too. But when I was moving Amber out, um, at Davis, I saw like two different people, two call these are college students, right? Yeah. Going to school at Davis wearing Beatles shirts. Yeah. I w- and I, w- I kept seeing that at parks and stuff. There'd be like all these new people that just got to the country and they'd all be wearing Beatles shirts. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. You know, the Beatles are universal. But then I also thought, oh, they just got to the country and they're trying to fit in. And so they're all wearing like Beatles shirts. But Still, too, all these years later for the Beatles to be, you know, being used as like social cohesion. Um, it's pretty impressive, you know. Yeah. All you need is love. All you need is love. Yeah, I, I, I do not think the Beatles is children's music. I, I Exactly. No. But they had what the Stones didn't have, which is humor. Um, right. The Stones have no humor at all. Like, but the Beatles were filled with humor. Well, I, I will say this too. I think the Beatles were more likely to get a date than the Stones were, because <laughs> the, the Stones are not, you know, 
they're not a 10 on the looks scale. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Dude, I read in, there was a book written by John Lennon's best friend by Pete Schott, and I, I forgot the name of it, but everybody, well, lots of people kept telling me that's the best book ever written on the Beatles because it's just so truthful. Pete Shotton was um, uh, supposedly John Lennon's best friend from high school, like you and I, and then John Lennon became famous, but he always took care of that guy and brought him along on all kinds of different stuff. Dude, now I can't remember what I was going to say about that, though. What did, what did he say first? I said that the Beatles were more likely to get dates than... Oh, yeah. Um, and he did say, like, the Beatles, they had the full rock and roll experience. And he said <laughs> Paul was um, always trying to, like, maintain his image as a nice guy. But he said he wasn't. He was like, you know, Paul and John slept with, like, thousands of women who were throwing themselves at them and uh but mccartney would always act like i'm nice and i only have one girl and all this stuff but really they said he now he was a total party animal and he slept with thousands and thousands of women (laughs) (laughs) that was I, i remember reading um there's a movie director named john houston and he did a couple of interesting things but being a famous Hollywood movie director, the women came. And so he was married and stuff, but he cheated on his wife. And it was because it was impossible. He said, like, gorgeous girl after gorgeous girl after gorgeous girl. They all came after him. They sought him out. They would sneak into the studios and stuff. And uh, just supermodel after supermodel after supermodel. I want to be with you because you're a movie director. And he said, like, the reason it was so hard for him to stop doing that when he was married was he said it was just so easy. He was like, you know, I'd I'd come around the corner at the office or whatever at the studio and and there'd be some girl who like sneaked in and she'd just say, let's go. I want to have sex with you right now. And, you know, who am I to say no? (laughs) (laughs) What a giver. That guy, you had to sacrifice so much. Yeah, he was like, I wanted to stop, but it was too easy. He was like, oh. I was like, they just showed up. And and like, here's the supermodel who was like, hi, you're John Houston, aren't you? I want to sleep with you now. And he's like, what are you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. But supposedly in that book, Pete Shotton's book, he said all of the Beatles, like, yeah, they they got like the free sex card, celebrity card played. <laughs> so none of them were really nice guys. But um, also they were saying, oh, yeah, there's no sex in Beatles songs. And but the Rolling Stones, it's like all the songs are sex. And I'm like, yeah, but that's only like junkie sex in an alley. Um, like the Rolling on heroin. Junkie on sex heroin. in an alley on heroin. yeah. But the Beatles had sex songs, dude. Like, Sexy Sadie. Yeah, yeah. They just, that wasn't their their thing, right? They were, that just wasn't their their market. But they did have a few. I mean, they weren't sexless. They, they, they had some kind of sexy lyrics. Remember when, uh, what's that song? Oh, girl. Oh, yeah. And then but, I, I think it's called girl. 
Okay. And then there, and then there's um like a sort of a background chorus in the song. And I remember like one of our friends played it for us and he's like, listen to what they're saying in the background, dude. And <laughs> they are. They're like they're they go into like a little chorus thing and they're all singing in harmony and they're going tit 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 tit. <laughs> they're like oh girl and then they're like tit 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 and they're they're singing tit and and my our friend was like dude they said tit (laughs) (laughs) and he probably sounded just like that too when he said it yeah yeah but it was in there dude you know like um i want to hold your hand and uh oh it doesn't matter I mean, it, it's it's entertainment, um, you know. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't think any of that matters. It's it's like, does it tell a story? I mean, I don't know enough about the Stones, but I know the Beatles tried to tell stories. You know, their albums had a story to them, which was in, which was good and entertaining. You know, it's it's good entertainment. Yeah. You know, and it's it's a good sound and. You know they're 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 decent to look at. The stones remind me of lizards. Yeah, they are lizards. Mick Jagger's like a creature, for sure. Yeah, he's a, he remember. I mean, he actually got you had to get used to looking at him because he's so strange looking. Yeah, he's all lips. He's all lips. Yeah. Although I remember, um, like they were interviewing a supermodel, and she was like, who had slept with him, and she's like. Oh, I love his lips. I love his lips. He has such giving lips. <laughs> and then I was walking around all day like, I need some giving lips. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was a, he's a strange looking dude. If he wasn't Mick Jagger and you saw him walking down the street, you'd be like. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly my point. If he wasn't a rock star, girl you know he'd be like you have, you know everybody would scatter in opposite direction be like godzilla's coming down the street oh yeah you know but oh, no, wait he has millions of dollars we love you godzilla yeah exactly godzilla i want to have your children <laughs> not everyone's like that so but, but yeah seems like the way it is you know it's like you'd be like really that guy with that girl really yeah oh he's a famous athlete or he's a movie star you know he's a rock star you know because if he was an ordinary average guy she wouldn't be 10 feet near you know to him if Mick Jagger had not sold his soul to the devil to become a giant rock star, nobody would look twice at him, or they would look twice, and that's because they would think something was wrong with him. Yeah, they'd be like, dude, don't you belong in a circus? Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, oh, this guy's got issues. But but now no, that was that was mean of me. I'm sorry, Mick. You don't belong in a circus. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to have like uh, honest conversations here, so yeah, hurt anybody's feelings, but yeah, um, we but should be was, talking negative about people. I, I actually I hate this list because I've been hearing it since high school, and basically, 
any guy who was trying to act macho and was incapable of giving his own opinion because he was afraid that might make him look like a sissy. They always say the Beatles suck and the Rolling Stones are cool. And so the, the full list was like Led Zeppelin, number one, um, The Who, number two, um, number three, like Stones, number four, uh, what was the other one they threw in there? Classic rock band. I can't remember, but it, it was like the top five with Led Zeppelin and the Rolling Stones being like one and two. And then, and then Alex Jones was like, and the Beatles, they don't even rate. That's for children. That's children's music. And I was just like, no, you're, I was like, <laughs> you're a toxic male. When you're trying to posture and act tough, you say the Rolling Stones are better than the Beatles. But when you're being an honest appreciator of music and you listen and you look at what both those bands have done, obviously it's the Beatles. The Rolling Stones were not inventive at all. You know, they were just like a grungy rock band, uh, whereas the Beatles were incredibly creative and, and inventive and really pushed the envelope in rock and kind of like set the groundwork for like what rock is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid but it is an old argument I, i've heard it for years and that, that was like the first time in a long time i've heard it brought up again but i was like you just can't be saying that the beatles are not all that because they were oh they yeah i don't uh, yeah people that, that that you know i guess you know everybody has different taste and and stuff and you're going to appeal to some people and some people you're not but um you know, obviously the Rolling Stones had something people like because they've sold thousands and thousands of records. Yeah. And so have the Beatles, you know, so it, it it's interesting. Everybody's got their own flavor. I just it just never kind of like seafood for me. I'm not. A, I mean, I you know, I like I like shrimp. OK. And I love lobster. But beyond that i am not a seafood fan yeah but that doesn't mean steak and seafood are different you know one's better than the other they're just one's all slimy and one's not <laughs> you know? do you like led zeppelin yeah i mean you know not not every song i like all i like all of it well you know like i said a couple of stones but i mean it's like of all the groups out there, it's like, yeah, they have, in my mind, they have one or two good songs. But like in the Beatles, it's like, no, man, they've got one or two good albums. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's, it's just the volume of quality, I guess. But, you know, all those groups you, you, you named off, they all have some good songs. And I have them on my playlist. Like I got, I got, you know, one, one song, you know, I got Stairway to Heaven on my playlist, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, all across, all the bands. I got a couple of Boston on my playlist. I got, a, you know, they all have a couple of good stuff. Yeah. But then you got the Beatles and it's like, man, I got a whole album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I get worked up on that stuff, dude. Because I am tired of it, and I, I do feel like there's a toxic male thing in it where 
they're not really deciding that they like the stones. They just think that's like the tough guy thing to say. They like the image. Yeah. And they're like, not paying attention to the craft. Yeah. Like they're all like, they think that makes them a man's man. If they're like, yeah, I like the stones. Cause every single one of their songs sounds exactly the same. And it's all grungy rock. <laughs> I forget which song it is. I think it might be across the universe, but. John Lennon sings, I roll a stony where you can imitate everyone you know. <laughs> and, uh, I remember an interview with John Lennon and he was like, I like the Rolling Stones. And he's like, but they just imitate everything I do. And uh, and then he wrote that line in the song, you know, like, I roll a stony where you can imitate everyone you know. Remember our, our high school rock band was going to be called the Stoned Rollers? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> But we had to learn to play our instruments. Yeah, we never got that part figured out. Yeah. I'm really happy because my son um, has like a little toy guitar. And um, he's he's starting to want to play it all the time. Wow. Yeah, and he carries it around with him and stuff. And then like his favorite video and song currently is um, the Beatles were kind of groundbreaking again. Like they made... Uh, music videos they kind of invented music videos and um so there's like a performance piece where they're all wearing their sergeant pepper outfit. oh yeah and um and then it's a song i'm actually not crazy about that song but it's that song hello goodbye yeah you say yes i say no you say go 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 like a our like patio table is not like a 
regular like umbrella type table. It's one of those tables that has the glass rocks in it and you can have a little flame going in it. Yeah. So like you could be out here like in the evening if it does get a little chilly out here. So we can turn that on and we got a flame in the center of our table. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really cool. So that's to keep you warm or cook or no. It's for warmth. You, you're not. You'll you'll ruin it if you like cook or anything because it's got the little glass stones, you know, mm-hmm. little uh, little uh, glass like marbles. Yeah. You know, to make it look kind of cool, but but yeah, it's just it's just heat. But so oh. if, you know, if there's a little chill in the air, if you want to sit outside when it's a, you know, closer in the winter time or something at night. You know, you can you can turn that on, and you know it lights it up, and it it gives you a little bit of warmth. That's cool. Yeah. So Amber's home from college, then enjoying the new backyard. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's still asleep right now. They're all still asleep, but uh, yeah, she was she was kind of sad. She was like, "It's all done. What are we gonna do now, Dad?" Oh yeah. So. So she was a little heartbroken that our project was done, but, uh, you know, we can find another project. Of course, she's, this is her, her last week at home and then she's getting on a jet plane. She's leaving on a plane next Friday, this Friday coming up. She's, she's flying to Australia. They're 14 hours like ahead of us. I was just going to ask, how long is that flight? Uh, I guess it's it's a long flight, like fourteen hours or whatever. But they're they're oh they're seventeen. The flight is fourteen hours, I guess, and they're seventeen hours ahead of us. So yeah. it's Monday in us, or it's you know fourteen hours ahead of us right now. Whatever time that makes it. So where is she staying there? Uh, well, when she lands, they go to a hotel for like the night. And then they get picked up by the uh, and transferred to student housing. Um, and then uh, she'll stay in that student housing and work at the um, animal reserve um, in Australia. Um, Port Smith, something or other. Animal reserve. Like a zoo. Uh. And... Uh, she gets like four or five days off, so she's already planning all her, all her adventures. You know, on her days off, she's already booked. Uh, she's gonna go snorkeling on the Barrier Reef, I guess. So she's got that already, uh, or somewhere. She's gonna go snorkeling one day. One day she's gonna go hang out with crocodiles. <laughs> And one day she's going to go on a hike up to some, I guess, really cool waterfalls where they get to go swimming in the, in the pool at the bottom and stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah, she's already, she's already booked some adventures. I guess she's going to do like a, a breakfast with the birds at the sanctuary or something. I don't know what that is, but um, yeah, yeah, she's. She's got her all planned, but, uh, so that she's, she's off on Friday. So not this episode, but next episode, we'll get some, some stuff from Australia. Oh, that'll be cool. 
Yeah. And you said we picked up Hungary as a country, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We added another country. So, so welcome the folks from Hungary. Welcome, welcome. So, um, yeah, all kinds of fun and exciting stuff. We added a country to the listening audience and we got the backyard done. And Gowan loves the guitar. I mean, what else do you want? Yeah. <laughs> you know, life is good, right? You're raising your son, right? Because now he wants to be a rock star. I did. I've been showing him Beatles stuff since he was a baby. <laughs> <laughs> like Yellow Submarine. They they took like a, a few clips from the Yellow Submarine movie and right. slapped it together with that song. And that, that kind of functions as like the music video for that. But my son loves that though. You know, the weird animation and um, in the last, in the Yellow Submarine movie. Yeah. So. They are the Beatles are for children in in part, and um, they do inspire a lot of people though to try and be musicians and artists and um, stuff like that. So I, I, you know, there's all kinds of dark stuff about the Beatles, but in one sense, I think they're like a positive driving force, especially for kids. Yeah, yeah, they're. I guess it. You know, everything has an angle. And I, I think as, you know, going back to being fathers and stuff, it's like you have to decide what angle you're going to present to your children as a parent or as a father. Yeah. Right. So like you're saying is you can you can present the good and positive side of the Beatles and 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 stuff like that to your to your children or you can present the dark side, you know, and the same with the stones or, or anything in life. Right. Um, you know, the, the, the I, I think the biggest problem we have as parents nowadays is that the current generation of parents has gone, in my opinion, like just too overboard where, where they don't think that they should present anything. Right. Yeah. And, and so the kids grow up, just i mean kids can't raise themselves good bad or ugly kids can't raise themselves they they need guidance they need direction they need something right and and so you know when a child is born into a family then you know you know that's how they should be raised right you don't say oh well i'm not gonna do any parenting yeah you know i mean my theory on parenting was let's have fun. So everything I did was, is about fun, you know, but at least it's something, I mean, I may not have been good on the rules, <laughs> the discipline, yeah. feeding them, bathing them, clothing them. You know, I wasn't good at any of that stuff, but they sure had fun <laughs> when they were with me. Yeah. So, um, you know, but, it seems like nowadays it's like, oh, you can't, you can't discipline your kids. You can't sneeze on your kids. You can't, you know, this or that. It's just like, oh my God, man, you had these kids be responsible for them. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? I'm just an old grumpy man now. Yep. Me too. Grumpy old man. That's us. <laughs> But it kind of reminds me, like they're because the the Beatles sold their souls to the devil, dude, to be stars. 
and they they gave a lot of clues about what they did to be stars I and mean, that so, was when they became the walrus uh well <laughs> no i'm joking on from the beginning yeah but, no it's just because that's one of their songs right here's another clue for you man the walrus is paul yeah here's another clue for you all the walrus is paul i yeah. guess has something to do with death and some well yeah because remember supposedly one of the things was he was dead and they replaced him with a duplicate doppelganger yeah and that's not the real paul mccartney yeah i actually saw a whole documentary on that and they um well enough people in the world believed that uh paul the original paul mccartney died and that they replaced him with a clone basically um and there were enough people who believe that that uh mi5 which is like a, the big one of the big law enforcement yeah things, it's like the cia for the british yeah those guys actually opened a case and investigated it because there was such a public outcry to look into that and then but they're a government agency though so you can never believe anything they say and, <laughs> but they said um Oh, yeah, no, there's a lot of evidence that might suggest it. But no, that's the real Paul McCartney. But I, I saw Can this- you imagine being Paul McCartney and going, dude, I'm right here. What the hell? I am who I am. Oh, dude, I've seen some of the stuff where they're like, they show pictures of Paul McCartney, like in 1965 or something. And then they show pictures of Paul McCartney, like on like Sergeant Pepper, which is like 67 and all that. And uh there are differences. Um, but the story in the documentary, it was supposed to be an audio tape from George Harrison and where he was like, yeah, Paul died in a car crash. And that's why John Lennon was singing stuff like, he blew his mind out yeah. in a car. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, and then they, they brought in a guy named Billy Shears and he looked like Paul and they made him into Paul McCartney. So that, that song on um, Sergeant Pepper, when Ringo's all, what would you do? They got it Wait, what does he say in that song? Uh, I see. On, on which one? Um, I the name of it. With Billy Shears? Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember at the beginning of Sergeant Pepper, they're like, um, they're like, they, they sing Sergeant Pepper, and then at the ending of that song, they introduce a new guy, and they're like, and now here's Billy Shears. And then it goes from that into Ringo singing, what would you do if I sang out of ten? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Yeah, the day on which uh, Beatles released their much-anticipated masterwork album, Sgt. Pepper's. This is the story of Billy Shears. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. I don't really want to stop the show, but I thought that you might like to know that the singer's going to sing a song, and he wants you all to sing along. So let me introduce you to the one and only Billy Shears, and Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. And then Ringo Starr starts to sing. Yeah. 
So they say in the documentary that I saw um, that Billy Shears, that's the real name for the guy who pretends to be Paul McCartney. And they also say in the real documentary that the reason, or in the documentary that the reason that the Beatles broke up is because John Lennon couldn't stand that guy, like the Paul McCartney replacement. He just hated him. And uh, that's what ultimately led to them breaking up. Yeah, they said they thought that Paul McCartney had been killed in a car crash on Wednesday, November 9th, 1966, and replaced with a look-alike, sound-alike, called William Campbell Shears, a.k.a. Billy Shears, born in Silverport, Silverport, Louisiana, on September 6th, 1940. Wow. Fact: Paul McCartney did have a minor accident on the 26th of December 1965 when he fell off a moped, split his lip, and chipped a tooth. Oh. Um, uh, embarrassed by his fat lip, he began to grow a mustache. The Billy Shears story goes that in 1965, William Campbell Shears entered and won a Beatles lookalike competition organized by Brian Epstein. Right? Is that right? Am I saying it right? Yeah. Um, who was looking for the Beatles doubles just in case one of the boys got killed. No winners were ever announced for the competition. After Paul was killed in 1966, Brian is said to have bribed police and journalists to keep the accident under wraps. He then persuaded the remaining Beatles to stay together and accept William Campbell Shears as a replacement. Of course, William Campbell Shears was an equally talented, talented, charming, and witty as the original Paul, and although he was an American, he quickly assumed Paul's distinctive Liverpool accent. Uh, with a little plastic surgery, he also assumed Paul's baby face and good looks. According to the Paul is Dead theorists, Paul's death explains why the band stopped touring in 1966 and started growing beards. Mm. The conspirators went to enormous lengths trying to prove their point. According to them, there is a secret phone number hidden in the star star making up oh okay there's a hidden phone number in the stars making up the title on the sleeve of the magical mystery tour album ring it and you will hear a true account of Paul's death the the photograph of the beatles in the zebra crossing on the sleeve of abbey road is meant to represent a funeral procession. Um, the fact that Paul, i.e. William Campbell Shears, is barefoot confirms it. The white VW Beetle in the background with the number, pl number plate 28IF suggests that Paul would have been 28 years old, IF, if he had survived. Uh, the so-called clues go on and on. Backwards messages hidden on record records, uh, unusual photographs, 
the OPD badge that Paul is wearing on the fancy blue uniform uh, that he is wearing in the on the Sergeant Pepper's sleeve, uh, beginning official police slang for officially pronounced dead. Uh. The first line of she's leaving home Wednesday morning at five o'clock as the day begins, um, as printed on the Sergeant Pepper's sleeve, being a direct reference to the time of Paul's death on Wednesday, November 9th, 1966. Ah. Uh, fact. The badge that Paul is wearing on the fancy blue uniform on the album sleeve of Sergeant Pepper's actually reads OPP. On the four given, one of the four given to the Beatles by the Toronto, Ontario, Provincial Police on the 28th of September 1964. So there's one fact busted. But it sounded good. (laughs) On and on the falsehoods go. Take a mirror and lay it horizontally across the middle of the drum skin on the artwork um, on the front cover of the Sgt. Pepper sleeve and it reads I won IX, he die. Hmm. A clear reference in theorists' minds that the date of Paul's death in Roman numerals is 1 equaling 1 1, i.e. November, and XI equaling 9. The final clue came with the Beatles' last album, Let It Be. The sleeve is black and appropriate color for a funeral card whereas all the other Beatles are facing in one side Paul i.e. Billy Shears is looking directly at the viewer against a blood red background spooky in many ways uh, the identity of Billy Shears is clear enough right from the beginning of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band to its obvious, uh, it is obvious that the Beatles are pretending to be the other people. We're Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, they sing. Then Paul McCartney introduces the singer coming up on the next song. So let me introduce to you the one and only Billy Shears, and Ringo starts to sing. In 1977, John Lennon wrote a song for Ringo and recorded it with him. It is called, I'm the Greatest. (laughs) (laughs) During the song, for the benefit of the number nuts out there, confirms the true identity of Billy Shears. Listen carefully. Um, I guess it's saying click the link, but... um, You can find more information about the Paul is Dead conspiracy in the Great the Great Beetle Death Clue. Oh, the Great Beetle Death Clues by R. Gary Patterson, published by Robertson Books. So um, but 
that just goes to prove our point about the Beatles versus the Rolling Stones. See the intrigue, the mystery, the whole motif. It's the, the story. That's the whole point, right? Yeah. It's not just another song remastered and respent, you know, that the last band did. It's like a constant narrative story, mystery, just, it's like a mini series. Yeah. It, it was, it was like, that's what makes them so good is, is, is this kind of stuff. And when you're talking 19, let's, let's just pick a round number. So let's 1966 is right. So let's just say 1970. So this is a rumor, a mystery, a story, a theory from 50 years ago. Yeah. And it's still people would argue about it. What are they arguing about on the stones? If they molested somebody or not? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no mystery of the stones. They were just totally straightforward. There's no intrigue there. And Except for a couple of good radio songs, like we were saying, I just, I find them to be comparatively unimaginative really straightforward and kind of boring yeah (laughs) very much but i mean that's the whole thing about about the beatles is like wow what what story are they going to tell me in these songs you know if i listen carefully what can i you know get out of this Uh, that's that's why i liked them it was like you could go on and you could physically go on an adventure with them yeah you you know So for the people with, I, here's, here's what it is. The people that like the Beatles have imaginations and the people that like the stones are just brain dead. I agree. (laughs) No, they're not brain dead. (laughs) They're clear for you all. The walrus was Paul. Two Men with the Mic is produced at Close on a Hanger Studios. You can reach them at the number two menwithamic.com. Amber, mom wants the hangers.